0: Wildlife conservation is something we're all about. Events like champions is an effort we'd like to tout.
1: I didn't even review that one y'all well beforehand. <laughs> I had no idea what was going to happen. It
0: was good. Yeah, I thanks. It. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders.
0: I'm Hannah and he's Eric.
1: And we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We're definitely not experts in anything that we discuss that might be controversial. I want you to remember their own opinions and they might be different from yours. So I didn't mean that like I review your stuff before we post <laughs> it and it has to pass by my approval. That's, not, that's not what I meant.
0: <laughs> if anything, it's my approval.
1: Well, that's that's absolutely true.
0: Yeah. So uh, getting into what's going on recently. So biggest week was last week. Yes. Biggest week in American Birding, which happens at uh, Black Swamp Bird Observatory in mm-hmm. Ohio. Um, I'm assuming the warblers were off the charts and there were a lot of people there, but I was trying to ignore <laughs> ignore it honestly because yeah. we had some major FOMO.
1: Yeah, seriously, everyone everyone we know was there. Basically, felt like it. There, there was a couple people that didn't make like it. Like even non birders. Yeah, even a lot of non birders that we know were there, <laughs> and um, so we we were definitely feeling FOMO. So I tried to uh, kind of block everyone on my feed that was there, so I didn't have to.
0: <laughs> so now you have no friends.
1: Yeah, now I have no friends. I my Facebook, I open it up and it's just
0: you it have just, no friends. It Nobody likes you. Yeah,
1: just yeah, copy. <laughs> That's it. So, uh, so I don't know how it went. I think it, I think it went really well from the little bits and pieces that I tried not to see.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was cold and rainy in Oregon. Yes. Um, the next big thing is that the American Bernie Association has announced their new executive director, Nikki Belmonte, who comes from Georgia with a background in environmental education and nonprofit management, and uh, I think we are excited to see how she will impact the ABA.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. I, I'm excited to see how she how she changes, how she um, fits into the organization and changes it up a bit and see where it goes. Yeah. So um, this last weekend, everyone, I'm sure everyone that listens to us is well aware that it was the eBird Global Big Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we participated. We had a team. Um, we did just us. And then we also had a virtual team that joined us and shared lists with us um, throughout the day and then in the subsequent listeners. days afterwards. A bunch of listeners were submitting lists. It was super fun. We had a great day out there. We had, uh, I think 78 species. Nice. Um, ourself. We went I don't, to
0: some new places. We went to some new places fun. we'd
1: never been to before. It was kind it was kind of cool to do a little bit of exploring. Um, and his parents were nice enough to watch the hotel for us, so we so we got uh, most of the day off to go do that. So that yeah. was, was kind of nice of them.
0: Yeah, and so I guess the total for that we had eighty-eight checklists submitted to the Go Birding team, which was the the team that
1: mm-hmm. um, our team name. Yeah, for, our team for name. the Global Big
0: Day. Uh, so eighty-eight checklists. There were three hundred and twenty-seven birds seen by twenty-six people.
1: Yeah, and I thought it. I thought that's a, that's a good turnout for us not to. Not really doing very many, very much advertising and plugging for,
0: for. Yeah, it was kind of last minute.
1: Yeah, I felt like... yeah, yeah, it was like two weeks before we were like, we should really do, or maybe <laughs> maybe it was a month before we we should really do a team.
0: So thank you to everyone who participated on our team. Um, I think we did a great job, and we had lists come in from the U.S. and Israel and Bermuda, Canada um, and Canada. So thank you all for participating, and we'll we'll try to do some more at future big days and things like that.
1: Yeah try to do some more engagement things with, with all of y'all.
0: Yeah. So, um, there's been a couple reviews that have come in and I have to apologize. We had some come in from Australia and we're in the U S and I, on Apple podcasts, it doesn't show me any reviews that were done outside of the U S. So we kind of found some that were past ones that we'd never noticed.
1: They might be a little bit older than, uh, than we thought they were. So we have to do, do a little bit better trying to search other mediums because uh, Apple really only wants you to pay attention to things that happen in your own country. So it, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so one from Green Island Wanderer. They say, I enjoy listening to you both. I like to binge on podcasts and was looking for something else after catching up to date with the ABA podcast. So starting a few months back, I started with episode one and now I'm on season three. Great to hear changes as you progress and become bigger and better birders. Not sure if you still read these out and it'll be a while till I hear this one, <laughs> but so glad to hear, so, so glad to make these and hope you and hope you carry on the driver for this review was an episode asking for constructive feedback as you had a a few two-star reviews i think you guys are doing fine bar the odd audio issue early on which is totally acceptable as you're new and not professional podcasters enjoy this from sunny australia far north queensland you'll need to get out here sometime loads of cool birds to see cheers well thank you green island wanderer um i I'm glad to hear that the audio improved from season one to season three. I hope um, I hope it continues to improve from season three to season four, and then uh, from here to the
0: future, too. But I still want people to remember that we're not professional podcasters. That's
1: true. <laughs> we set up a microphone and we talk into it. We've
0: literally just been <laughs> podcasting for four years, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, just because
1: you do it for a long time doesn't mean you're any good at it.
0: Yeah. The next one uh, comes from Bro Scott, who said, "I emailed Hannah and Erica a question about birding travel, and they put together an awesome podcast. that provided excellent information. Thanks very much. Good birding, Scott." Well, thank you, Scott, um, for you know pitching us the the story idea for birding travel. You know that was yeah, fun our to put last together, episode. and it sounds like it was helpful to some people. So we're glad to hear that. And as always, if you have more birding travel questions we're happy to answer them maybe not on the podcast necessarily but at least we'll email you back oh yeah like 99 percent of the time
1: yeah as as, as long as it doesn't get lost in the jumble of spam emails that we get to yeah (laughs) so our last review we've got here if you're looking for an enter for an entertaining and informative podcast don't miss hannah and eric a huge back catalog of content and regular new episodes i'm a birdo from australia and consume way too many podcasts for local content so i'm glad i found this easy listening birding podcast to keep me keen a Z Z Newcastle Australia. I was
0: going to say as
1: A Z Z. Sure, Newcastle Australia. Yep. Yeah. so sure. well, th- th- yeah, thank you so much for your for all of, all the reviews, and I'm I'm glad that uh, some people are listening and writing to us.
0: Yeah, appreciate it. Uh so we have kind of a lot to go through, so we'll just we'll just keep on trucking. Um our next trip <laughs> is the Global Bird Fair, which we've talked about a handful of times. Yes. Um I think we've made progress since the last episode. We actually booked tickets to Amsterdam, so that gets us most of the way there.
1: <laughs> yeah, we just have to figure out how to get from Amsterdam to Rutland.
0: Yeah yeah so it'll, should be, be, it'll be fine yeah. yeah we're excited though
1: i mean yeah. I, I think i think i can probably rent a kayak or something we can we can get across the channel there yeah whatever it's yeah. not going to
0: take forever no, no no um so we hope if you're going to be there too that you'll uh i don't know you probably don't know what we look like but we'll <laughs> post on our facebook our pictures of us <laughs> so flag us down and say hey i've heard of you before <laughs> um Next thing, uh, my recent episode was with uh, photographer Susan Petreco, and we talked about photography and birding and how to do it for good. And uh, the drink for that episode was Atlantic Puffin. So mm. I'm hoping we'll see one of those when we go to Rutland. I hope so too. We, yeah. Um, so if you want to listen into that, you can check out Women Birders Happy Hour at any um, podcast streaming service to see, gosh, like. 50 other episodes about 50 movie other murders. drinks.
1: So, our last little bit of news that we've got um, Bird Nerd Giveaway.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: so our randomly selected winner, which includes the reviews that we just read, um, and a handful of people sent us some emails um, about hey, r- remember, I sent you, I, I did <laughs> a review. Um, our randomly selected winner out of all those people um, was uh, Luke who graciously reviewed us back in July 2021. Um, Luke has won the prize pack of uh, gear from the um,
0: IBRCE. So we randomly bought.
1: <laughs> the, the, the random stuff that we bought. Um, it, it, it's a non-profit. The money went to the non-profit, yeah, so it's totally. all good. Um, International Birding and Research Center, any lot. Um, thank you, Luke, and everyone else that rated to us and r- rated us and reviewed us in the past.
0: Yeah, so thank you all for, for that and for participating. And make sure to listen into our June 2nd episode for our next Bird Nerd giveaway. Yes. So in our last episode, we left you at day one in Israel, mm-hmm. where yeah. we had a chance to see a really cool hawk migration, and then flamingos and some other cool birds and get a bunch of lifers.
1: bunch of lifers. Um, we, we missed the night birds, as we said, but uh, got some cool lifers, got to get the feel of the land, see where we're going to be for the next handful of days.
0: So day two, um, we woke up and got at it again Mm -hmm. and we started off again at Mm -hmm. K K20, which is a salt pan area, I believe.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a bunch of basically like salt drying beds. So something that we didn't really realize about Israel is that salt is a huge industry Mm -hmm. down there. So any, anytime they have water, it's salty and they just evaporate the water and get salt out of it. And then they sell that salt for different, different things. Um, Magnesium salts and just regular salt just every salt you can imagine they pull out of all of this stuff um the Dead Sea included they they pull salts and minerals out of that, and minerals and salts are huge it's not even something that I thought of like a country can like focus most of its industry <laughs> on, but it, it seems to be that there is a lot of industry around salt, yeah in Israel,
0: so we got a lot of that um. <laughs> So we went to the flamingo ponds again, yes. and that is just such a cool spot. You know, we had Eurasian rye neck there, we had um, Prinias, and of course the flamingos. So mm-hmm. that's always exciting for me to get to see flamingos again.
1: In- including the melanistic one that didn't, that it still looks like a flamingo, but it's all black. Yeah. It's just weird.
0: And a lot of shorebirds too, which is always kind of frustrating for me to get to a new place and it's like, oh, there's shorebirds here too. <laughs> Why do they have to have be shorebirds?
1: They're all they're all little, they're all brown, they have long or short legs and long or short
0: bills. <laughs> There's a lot of variety. <laughs> um, so from there we went north a little bit to the Circle Fields and Pumpkin Patch, and if you've been to Israel, I feel like you know what that is, because everybody said, like, the Pumpkin Patch, like, we should know what that is. Oh yeah,
1: so um, birding, just a real quick aside about birding in Israel, in general eBird is pretty heavily used yeah. um, almost all the birders in the area use eBird um, so eBird is a great resource to be able to help you research where to go and what to do while you're there so all of these places that we're, that we're going to mention are all basically eBird hotspots mm-hmm. they're all and they're relatively easy to find easy to get to easy to bird on your own too if if you're there if you feel comfortable getting to the location driving or getting a taxi or however you're going to get there it's generally easy to to bird in these places. Surprisingly, like not not every place in the world is like accurate. eBird pops you right to where you need to go, but this this is one of the places that it, that it does.
0: It's yeah, kind of nice. Yeah, and also uh, just as a reminder, if you don't ever look at our show notes, Eric includes the um, eBird lists from a lot of what we do in the episodes in the show notes, so mm-hmm. you can go back through and click on our eBird list, and, you know, that'll have the location. Yeah, and I, I do
1: the trip reports now. So it's the trip yeah. report, and then inside that trip report has all the lists. So yeah. it's kind of kind of convenient to kind of consolidate so it doesn't have to be 1,600 lists. It's just one, one link, link to all of them.
0: So um, the circle field was just where they irrigate, you know, in a circle <laughs> Yard- <laughs> agriculture um and there's a pumpkin patch that's part of it yeah and, which was kind of it was cool you know i don't get to see pumpkin patches a lot <laughs> <laughs> um but there that was a great spot for larks and pippets there was a eurasian kestrel on one of the like irrigation posts
1: yeah that was really cool to get a photo of it flying away from us
0: yeah. But my favorite of that day was our one and only Namaqua dove.
1: One and only for the entire trip. Yeah. Namaqua dove.
0: And they're so cool. They're these tiny little doves that are just
1: Their their bill doesn't look like a dove bill. It's just like this weird little whoop hook thing that's just like yellow and it does it doesn't look right and then their tail is like it's super long stupid long. And they're they they kind of if you kinda of squint, they generally look like they have a dove shape. But they're just <laughs> everything about it is accentuated so like that bill is accentuated as like a down curved like mm-hmm. hook and then the tail is just extra accentuated but they're really really cool looking the one that we saw was a male so it was like it was it was a breeding male that looked
0: yeah it was exciting looked
1: really good like all, all in breeding plumage Super
0: um cool. so after that we were kind of Toast for the day. Like, Eric and I had traveled and then birded the first day really hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, we were up until, like, 1 o'clock in the morning or maybe 2 was the time we
1: got back. Yeah, because that that first day we landed and we went to um, the... The night thing. So yeah. it was just like thing after thing. And so it was it was late, a late day that first day.
0: So we pretty much just like knocked out after that afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the cool thing that we went to an Ethiopian restaurant. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That was around the corner. and I, for, I
1: completely forgot about the Ethiopian restaurant. I have no
0: idea what we got, but it was like, the lady was like, do you want meat or vegetarian? And we were like, meat. And, and she was like, okay. She then was, then she no, she was away. like, do you want one or two? And we were like, one? So we had no idea what we were
1: getting. <laughs> we got one meat, whatever it was like, whatever that is. Yeah, but
0: they had a whole menu of stuff. So I don't know. She just She
1: just chose she, something off the menu and just gave it to us. She which did. Which was fine. It, it, worked, was it worked out great. It was this this bread that's um they they call it a bread, but it was like uh, It's kinda
0: like a big pancake.
1: It was basic yeah, basically a big pancake. But it was really
0: um, porous. Too. So
1: the the way they make it, it's uh fermented. Yeah. And the fermentation causes all the air bubbles mm-hmm. in it. And the fermentation also makes it sour. So it's like slightly sour, you eat it with your hands, you pull it apart, and then and you it's just cold. kind of cold. Yeah.
0: It was served cold, but the meat was the meat you know was warm, hot. Yeah. And then it had um kind of like, like a salsa cabbage thing yeah. with it. It was really good. And it came in a huge plate, and then like Eric said, you eat with your hands, which I wish I had hand sanitizer when I realized that, <laughs> but I didn't, um, so it's okay.
1: Well, and, and we're, we're almost uh, we're almost a month out, and we're still not sick, so I think I we're fine.
0: Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the whole time I was like, how do I wash my hands before I eat this? <laughs> so anyways, that was really good, and mm-hmm. then we went back to the hotel and just kind of veg the rest of the day.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's Israel. It's in the spring. It's hot. Yeah, so. it was
0: super hot. So um, at that point, we were still, I think, two days out or two days before the Champions of the flyway yeah. competition.
1: Yeah, so we, we needed to do some
0: scouting. And the next morning, we started off by going to the International Birding and Research Center in a lot, which yep. is also called the IBRCE, <laughs> as most people call it. And uh, we met one of my teammates there, Lydia, who had driven in from, or had taken a bus bus. down from Jerusalem the night before. And she got there to the park at like three o'clock in the morning. and was just birding by herself for a while. Yeah. We
1: we got there at like 630 in the morning. So she had already been there for like three hours. Yeah. Like just waiting for us. She was birding. Like there was, there was birds to be seen, but she had been there
0: for hours. Yeah. She was getting some great pictures though. Oh, I know. So that location is really neat. It seems like it's like a newer park. I'm not entirely sure how old it is. There's a salt pan that's just south of it. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of the vegetation is pretty like young and growing.
1: Yeah. So it's the habitat is kind of what the whole area is supposed to have been historically. So it's like this salt. I don't, I can't remember the exact name of the habitat type, but um, it reminds me of salt marsh. That it's, it's very salty ground, very salty water. And then these plants that thrive in that those salty conditions, and then birds that live on all those plants. Mm-hmm. So, and it grows in kind of like this marsh-like um, habitat, this really thick, um, almost like a mangrove sort of uh, situation, and with little pockets of water here and there. So they've they've restored this area to basically what it's supposed to be. And in, in the like, this whole habitat used to be that, and now it's mostly building and mostly dried up because people are taking the water and all that sure. stuff but it was it's a really cool habitat with real tons of really high numbers of species and they do ringing there mm-hmm. well, i think like year all round. the time yeah constantly doing ringing there which which is like a different thing from the states like you go to, some of the bird observatories they they ring year round yeah. they'll ring in big big chunks of the year but most places you go we don't we don't do banding like a lot mm-hmm. in the states compared to some of these other places So it was really interesting to see that.
0: Yeah, so uh, we spent, gosh, like the whole morning there, like Mm -hmm. almost five hours, and uh, had 54 species. And what was your favorite, Eric?
1: My favorite was a blue-throat. So I... I was looking for, I've been looking forward to a blue throat for years. I don't know why it's not, it's, 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 a, cool. it's a cool looking bird. I, I think it's super cool. looking. So it, I didn't know anything about its ecology before. Describe Guy.
0: it a little bit. So
1: it's, it's, it's a sparrow. It looks like a sparrow. It's, yeah. I don't think it's super closely related to him, but it's like I said, I didn't, uh, I didn't do a lot of studying of the ecology of, of the bird beforehand, but it, it's this little small sparrow that hops around on the ground, kind of like, um like here, here up in the Pacific Northwest, a rent hit. Or um, down in the south, southeast, like an olive sparrow. Like one of these things that stays low in the ground, skulks, doesn't come out very much. You kind of think it's a mouse, maybe, as it's running around. But it's got this just vibrantly blue bib, like this kind of pale color to the throat, a pale color to the eyebrow. But it's just like, the, it's called a blue throat, but it's almost like a blue blue bib. Yeah. bird um, but it's just it's beautiful and some of the photos that you see of these things are just spectacular I can't imagine how these people got these photos because <laughs> this bird is like I said is like a mouse underneath yours are the bushes. not
0: spectacular no
1: mine I'm looking down from the boardwalk at this bird and and as I'm, I'm I'm sure we've probably talked about it before about how birds get their color that the blue coloration comes from the structure of the feather and the way the light refracts off of it and so looking through bushes From above down to a bird that's looking down, trying to see the the blue on the throat. It's barely blue, so it's not. It doesn't. You don't get this full spectacle of it. But it's. It was still just like, oh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a blue throat (laughs) because I've seen them in field guides for years, and I don't. I don't know why that's one that stood out, but I really wanted to see it, and and we saw it there on (laughs) on that on April third, that second morning there.
0: It wasn't entirely satisfying though. I, I was happy <laughs> <laughs> i'd like a better look um so a lot of sandpipers there and plovers and herons it's it's a good water bird location but yeah. also a lot of like little things moving around too in the the vegetation so that was that's a really nice park that's right outside a lot mm-hmm. easy to access um and the ringing there is cool we didn't really get to experience it but I would definitely go back.
1: <laughs> no, because they were, they were doing it before. Like, right when we got there, they were doing it. And then we just went birding. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we got, by the time we had finished making one whole loop, which took us like two hours. Yeah. It's Even a v- though, v- very small park.
0: The path isn't that
1: long. It's not very long at all. But it took us like two hours to get through this loop. Um, and by the time we finished the loop, they were done for the morning. Because yeah. it starts getting too hot. And it's not it's not healthy for the birds to get caught in the nets and held and all that stuff. So so they, they do they do what they can to protect the health of the birds while they're doing that.
0: So I also wanted to um before <laughs> before we got into this, I also wanted to mention that Eric and I don't speak Hebrew. And oh, good so point. there's a good handful point. of names that we're gonna mention in of these locations, and we're probably like super off that this is how we understand their names are pronounced. So please don't hate on us about it. Yeah.
1: And and the links will be in the show notes. So if you don't understand what what were the, the what names we're of the locations? Um, they'll be in the checklists for eBird.
0: So, with yeah. that in there, the next place we went to was Yotvata. Yeah. Yotvata. Yotvata. Um, sewage ponds because you know we go around the world for good sewage.
1: We we travel the world. We fly thousands of
0: miles to go find sewage ponds. I want to make a sticker that says like, "No, that's a nice sewage pond." <laughs> <laughs> you should make a sticker that says that. Uh, if anybody <laughs> wants to collab on that, I'm up for it um so that was the spot to go get little grieve and we ended up seeing a palestine sunbird which i love sunbirds so yeah we, was, we
1: had a male was that exciting. was pretty distant which was super cool and then uh, the female was like very uh, confiding for photos was like super close and that was that was cool to see a sunbird like mm-hmm. i we, we we get
0: hummingbirds at home but i know but i but, like sunbirds. The sunbirds are super cool Um, and then the really good one was the Orphean, the Eastern Orphean Warbler. Yeah. That was one that like...
1: A little gray warbler. Everyone was pretty excited about it. I don't know how
0: Lydia found that one. It was like not even near where we were standing.
1: No, she just like walked up over this hill and she's like, oh, hey guys, I have a Orphean down here. (laughs)
0: Um, and then if you go to Mm Yotvata, that's when you got to get ice cream too. Because, um, so it's, it's part of a kibbutz, right?
1: I don't know if it's part of
0: it. But it's Okay. Well, anyways, so there's this ice cream stand there that is like, it, here in Oregon, we have Tillamook Creamery, which is like, I don't know, it's like the Disneyland of ice cream. And mm-hmm. this location was kind of like that. I mean, oh, yeah. there it's like a store that has sandwiches and like drinks and knickknacks and stuff. You can but... buy
1: t-shirts that say uh, Yod and just like all, all all of this merchandise all about them.
0: Yeah. And then you can get their ice cream, which mm-hmm. is like incredible. And yeah. there's also like a, I think there's like a playground outside too, so that's what makes me. I busy. don't know. It was hot.
1: I didn't want to. I didn't want to go play well, in the sure. playground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, you have to stop there. It's delicious. Um, but then we got some ice cream, and we were headed off to look for the black scrub robin.
1: Yeah. So um, I never saw a black scrub robin through nope. the whole trip. So. I'm going to have to defer to Hannah for a description of this bird. But um, we, we went to um, to one of the kibbutz, um, the kibbutz Samar. Which so
0: we haven't described what a kibbutz is, though. No.
1: So I wish I could get a better description myself for it. But basically, they're gated communities that um, have people have come together and they, they live in this community and they work in this small community. And a lot of times they produce a specific thing. So... Um, There's one that we went to that was, um, they make, uh, they make milk and cheese and stuff like that. Then another one, um, they're farmers and they're growing, growing some, some crops selling, selling certain like berries or something like that. that. But each of these kibbutz, they, um, kind of specialize in a particular thing. And it's just like this small gated community that's generally private, but, they don't really seem to mind if you're not part of the community and you just go in.
0: I think some of them are open Some Some visitors. of them are
1: completely open and you yeah. can just go in and out freely. Others, you have to kind of just follow someone in and they don't really mind if you come in, but you have to follow someone in.
0: And I think I read that at least in its heyday of those existing in Israel, there was like mm-hmm. 270 of them. Oh my gosh. I don't know how many are still in existence. I think um, I think Ellen said that there was like 13 down in the Elat area oh, that okay. were kind of, you know, accessible. Yeah. Um, so we went to a couple of them, and like Eric said, they're these big gated communities. I think everybody in the community has to like contribute in some way, and they
1: it, kind of like a co-op, like yeah, a, like a like a big like a, a big gated co-op.
0: I guess that's a good way yeah. to say it. At least that's our understanding of it.
1: Absolutely, send us an email if we're completely butchering what a kibbutz is or and you know, how they operate. Just like
0: look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, but, <laughs> if you want a better description yeah. of it. <laughs> Um, so this one we went to, we were looking for the black scrub robin and we like wandered through their orchard for like, I don't know, like an hour looking Mm -hmm. for this bird, half an hour, um, which we did end up seeing a hoopoe. So that was good. A good,
1: Um, good bird for the trip.
0: Yeah. And, uh, another kestrel, blackstart, a lot of house sparrows. That's where you go to get house sparrows, I guess. Lots of house sparrows. Um, but the black scrub Robin, I didn't see it that day. I saw it during the champions okay. because we went back there yeah. and it's kind of what you expect as a Robin. I mean, it, it's Robin
1: l- kind of scrubby, stark colored.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Okay>. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> a black, like uh, Euro- European Robin. Euro- European not American robin. robin. Yeah. So cool bird. Um, from there we finished up the day going to the goal roost, which is along the Red Sea. Uh, because that's kind of where our intention was to start for the morning of the Champions of the Flyway mm-hmm. um, and we had Gargany which I think that was our lifer Gargany out there it was
1: so I don't think it was a lifer Gargany but it was a lifer look at a Gargany so I've I've seen I think I've seen one really bad scopes 1700 miles away from me yeah but this was like like 500 feet through a scope so it filled <laughs> half the frame so yeah. it was like oh it's there we go. That's, that's a good, solid look at this bird.
0: Um, and, and then, then the,
1: the wide-eyed goals And there was it, it was a kind of interesting place because it was like you could see across where where we were at for this roost. It was like at a mall, like mm-hmm. an open-air mall, that you could look across and see Jordan yeah. straight across from you. And then you can see the whole curve of the bottom portion, the, the southern portion of Israel. So it's kind of interesting to put all that into perspective, like seeing like... Oh, behind me is Egypt. In front of me is Jordan. But I'm standing in Israel. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, interesting how small Israel gets at that point.
0: Well, and earlier that day, I think I think it was that day we had when we had lunch at the beach. We like basically drove over to Egypt.
1: Yeah, yeah, we drove over to like within a couple miles of the or like a mile of the gate that for the border, and then turned around and came back.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of the end of that day. And then just the day before the competition, we got up early and w- we went to the spot that was just, it was like stunning, incredible. It's like right off the side of the highway, you know, it <laughs> doesn't even look like anything. It's the, man, I'm going to butcher this, Wadi Shalav.
1: Yeah. So w- w- Wadi Shalav, Wadi is, um, basically like the washout areas. So like where t- a temporary river is like mm-hmm. all these like flood plain areas that it's a, a wash, basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think they would just refer to them as rivers in um, Arizona. Yeah. Okay. You just refer to it as a river. It's the, this river, that river, and it's just an empty thing. And then when it floods, it floods full of water and then it disappears. So that would, that would be, this is what this kind of area looked like. is basically like the rivers you'd see in Arizona, mm-hmm. like southern Arizona.
0: So the reason to go to that location is for the blue rock thrush.
1: Yeah, which oh, such a stunning bird. We
0: got there and it was there. It was incredible. It was I don't know, like the color of like a stellar's jay. It almost looks like it was like a, a st-
1: richer stellar's jay.
0: Yeah, but it like doesn't have the crest, you know, like a stellar's jay does. Mm-hmm. It kind kind of looks like a woodpecker.
1: It it did remind me of like a flicker. Yeah, like it had it had more of a body shape of like a of like a northern flicker or. Um, Any any of the other flickers that we have here in the states, or like states.
0: a like a Clark's nutcracker?
1: Oh, Clark's nutcracker, that'd be a good like description a blue, too. Yeah, blue with with, of with that. a more narrow bill,
0: yeah, like a more narrow pointed bill. Gosh, just a gorgeous bird though. And we got there, saw it, and then we were like, "Okay, is this it?" And then no, we walked into the the wadi a little bit further and. Mm-hmm. I mean, we barely moved through there because there was just so much going on. It They had had a lot of rain in the recent days come, leading up to that. Mm-hmm. And there was just like a bloom and caterpillars the, all the, over the
1: whole, place. The whole area was underwater by a couple feet of water rushing through just a couple weeks before. Yeah. And you would never know that there had been water there because it was just so dry. But it was just... All of these plants knew that there had been water there, and they were all growing. The caterpillars were just all over the place. There was bird droppings everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. You could not take a step and not touch bird droppings with your foot. No matter where you put your foot, you were going to touch bird droppings Not everywhere. Not
0: like big messy stuff. Either, no, no, though. no. Just <laughs>
1: like, there's just so much of it, which, and thinking about it, like there had been a couple feet of water flowing through there and washed it all the way. This is, this is only like two weeks old. Yeah. Like, so the sheer number of birds that have, that have been and are traveling through that area in those weeks, like just like mind blowing because they're just everywhere. And then the, I kind of said the caterpillars.
0: But like, like the mud.
1: of caterpillars. It,
0: like it was all dry. It wasn't muddy, but It was like mud that had cracked. And so you could pick it up. And it was like... um, Pottery. Well, it was like a brand new... Like if you buy blush or like eyeshadow or something like that. It's like a brand new palette of that. Like it's perfect, smooth, you know. And yeah, I just... I was so fascinated with that. (laughs) It's like, I don't even want to look at birds. I just want to look at this mud. (laughs) There's caterpillars everywhere. It it was really incredible. Um, But it was just hopping with little things. Especially Mm -hmm. wagtails. There were... maybe a hundred every variety of
1: yellow wagtails (laughs) of of western yellow wagtails every single variety i think i think there's five five uh subspecies or forms of them and they were all there yeah every single one and so it was like oh it was was really good to like take some photos of every type of western yellow wagtail that was there because it was like oh look this one's got a black cap oh this one has got a gray eyebrow oh this one's got a white cap yeah and they're and they're so distinct so it it was really cool to do that and just hang out with like so many and, and the white throats, greater and le- lesser white throats, yeah, and your your favorite, the um, the bunting,
0: the ordolin bunting. Yeah. That was I was so excited to see that because that species. Has had a lot of issues with people hunting them, mm-hmm. um, especially like up in France. And so to see that species was really exciting for me because it, it's like one of those species that I thought, oh, I'm probably never going to see one. I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of the plight that you know that they've been under the stress and of the species. And then we saw a handful of them. It yeah. was so exciting. It was. It was,
1: it, was a, it was like three of them in a tree just hanging out. So it got some. Got some. Okay photos.
0: And I had gorgeous. some diagnost-
1: diagnostic photos of them.
0: Gorgeous birds, too. I mean, they're bunting. They've got a yellow throat, a pretty bold eye, br- eye, um, eye ring, yeah, and then kind of like an orangey belly and a dark back. So just a really interesting-looking bird, too. And we were right alongside the the freeway goes along the ridgeline that we had looked at the, fir- the first day we were there. Yeah, the, fir- um, the
1: first day we were on, like, the the west side of that ridge line like right on that ridge line and then now we were on the east side of that ridge line all the way down in the valley
0: so we could look up at the ridge line and just see migrating hawks you know go over the whole thing amy one of the people on my team she wasn't even looking at like the pippets and stuff because she was so engrossed in like the hawks that were moving oh my, through there's
1: so many of them it's my migration in israel is is no joke and is so like stunning and amazing just the sheer numbers of birds that are flying through this little spit of land that connects, like, Asia and Europe to Africa. Yeah. It was just mind- mind-boggling.
0: So we did do a couple more birding stops that day. Um, nothing too much to note. But then Eric had to jump on a bus... Yeah. Because, so I think we mentioned, I was on the, the first international women's team to participate in this, the women in step, and then Eric was on a team with two expatriates that are living in Israel, mm-hmm. and he had to go meet them.
1: <laughs> yeah, so my my plan for the rest of that day was, uh, we got we went back to the hotel after we were done birding for that. Uh, I was going to hop on the bus and ride the bus three hours north to go meet with these people that I've never met before. Yep. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere at 10 o'clock at night. Yep. Um, it was so, very
0: stressful for me. It was fine. It worked. Everything worked out fine. I about um, had a heart attack.
1: I'm I, I so I had not met Phyllis or Terry. Those you were, met
0: Phyllis. We well, met we, her. The we, first we did. You're right. We days. did
1: meet her for like thirty seconds at the IRBC. I yeah. at the birding center. Um, we met her for like thirty seconds, talked to her, and she's like, "Okay, well, I'll see you on on the 5th. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." So then we I I I loaded onto this bus, brought brought all my all my camera gear, brought my binoculars, and just. Headed, headed north.
0: Apparently bus travel in Israel is very common.
1: Very common. Especially for the military. The military is very into using the bus. Um, they, they ride for free. I have everyone in the military. And military service in Israel is compulsory, so oh, which everyone's was, in the military. Which
0: was something very different from us. Like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. That I, I mean, because we're in America, and, like, you don't have to go into the military. That's very voluntary. Yeah. And so it's just, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around, like... You finish high school and then you do, you know, what is it like two or three years in required service, mm-hmm. and so I was asking really stupid questions of Len, like, so are they like the National Guard? And she's like, no, they're the Army, which I, you know, I just it's yeah. just it's confusing or it's not confusing for me. It's just it's so different from yeah. what I'm accustomed to. Yeah,
1: but it's. It's it's just the way the way the life is there. So yeah. it, was, it was just it was really interesting, especially riding the bus. That it was that's like the main mode of transportation for all of these people that are in the military. All the, all these soldiers to get either from base to base or from home to base or base to home or wherever they're going. So they're like loading on, carrying all their gear, carrying carrying their gun, carrying all their all their clothes in a bag, and they're just getting on and going to wherever wherever they need to go to 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 do whatever they're doing. Yeah, I didn't ask any questions of any of them, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I was busy reading. A, um, actually, I was editing a podcast. You were editing. Podcast. I, I, I was editing a couple episodes ago when I was doing this, so <laughs> it was uh, that, that's what I was busy doing the whole ride. So I didn't talk to anyone.
0: But you stayed at the field school, overnight. yeah? It's,
1: I stayed at a field school, which I still am not a hundred percent clear what a field school is, even though I already stayed in one now. Um, but they seem to be pretty much a uh, like ba- a like dorm. like a door. Well, it's like an outdoor school. So like we went to outdoor school in middle school, yeah. Where you go to a place like a camp and you learn about the habitat of the area and you learn kind of about like the animals and the plants and and that sort of thing and you're staying in a camp um Mm -hmm. that has kind of dorm style accommodations this seems to be about the same sort of thing geared less towards middle schoolers and more towards college age or um late high school age um people
0: yeah
1: or even full adults that just want to go and learn about an area and it's relatively cheap to stay in. Um, the accommodation is extremely um, uh, not sparse, bare bones. It's bare, bare bones. It's it's just it's essential. It's, it's the essentials. There's a bed, there's a shower, there's a bathroom, and there's you, there's nothing nothing extra, nothing, no bells and whistles. But it's you don't really need it. You're like I was staying there for literally like five hours <laughs> to sleep and then get on the road. So it it was really nice. Um, it was a little dorm room with uh, five beds that I just had to myself. So I had my choice of five beds, <laughs> um, including bunk beds. I, I did not choose the bunk beds. I chose one of the other ones. <laughs> um, but it, it was it was comfortable. It worked out all right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So um, I guess at this point, uh, since we're on two different trips, we're going to kind of go back and forth.
1: Yeah, we're going to try to talk about two different big days <laughs> at the same time. There is a lot of overlap for places that we went.
0: We did see each other a handful of yeah, times. We,
1: we, yeah, because... Israel is not a large country. It's Eric not did, huge. Eric but didn't want
0: to talk to me when I saw him at places. No,
1: I would put my hand up to my face like to block my eyes so I don't see Hannah. I was just like, pretend like she wasn't there. I miss
0: you so much.
1: <laughs> like, no, I'm busy.
0: <laughs> so anyways, my team got early. You're like, cheating
1: off of me. Don't cheat <laughs> off my birds.
0: My team got up early. Uh, we started at midnight at the Gold Roost and got a couple things there. Um, drove out to the beach and got a heron was our first thing. Okay, So not super exciting stuff. And then we drove up to a kibbutz called Lotan, which was super cool yeah. because it's all like stucco. And they like make things, they make structures like out of tires. And then they like cover it with like stucco or whatever Okay, uh, or clay or yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, So that was really neat. I mean, we were there. Super early in the morning, so it was all pitch black. And uh, we were just kind of wandering around through this little neighborhood. (laughs) Like, houses are right there. And they also have hotel rooms, too. So I kind of want to go back and stay. But I saw my very first hedgehog. (laughs) So that was so cool. And it was cute. It was, I think it's called a desert hedgehog, but it's, like, black.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: that was really cool. Did you
1: take a picture of it?
0: I tried, but it was dark, and it was running away. Oh, well. So there's that. And then we we the intention of going there was for owls. Mm-hmm. And so when we were getting back in the car, we like barely heard a hoot, like, I don't know, a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> and Lydia and I heard it and then we eventually got everybody on it and it ended up being a Eurasian Scops owl. Oh, nice. Which was our very, you know, f- was my very first Scops owl. So that was pretty exciting. I wish I could have seen it, but you know, that's how it goes. But
1: it's a big day. You got to... You gotta go, 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 yeah. get all the birds. Oh, I know. Yeah, so I remember waking up. Um, so we, my team didn't start that early. We started at four ish, I believe, maybe maybe four thirty. Um, so we, we we slept in. Um, Ooh. Yeah, we we slept we slept way in. <laughs> um, but I remember waking up and seeing that you guys posted your your Asian scops owl, and I was like, ah man, they're already <laughs> getting birds. I've been sleeping through this, and they're getting birds. <laughs> ah. We were two birds ahead of you. Yeah, you guys were ahead of us. Like, ah. <laughs> so we um. We our my team got together, me, Phyllis, and um, Terry, loaded up into the car um, at four ish, mm-hmm. um, and headed out to another um, a different kibbutz. Um, I don't remember where what it was called because I didn't end up seeing anything there. Yeah, we we ended up missing our first target, which was long-eared owl. Oh,
0: which we saw you guys, you guys there and we got the yeah owl. we saw
1: you there and we were leaving. You were coming in and you guys went and got the owl and left. And we had missed the owl. We wandered around a whole bunch of places and didn't didn't see or hear anything. And so we're like, all right, well.
0: It was right near the front.
1: I know. And we walked near the front too, twice, when we went in and when we went out. Um, so we we cut our losses, and we're like, all right, we got to we got to get on the road. We're going way further west um, to this place. Um, I'm definitely going to butcher the name, uh, Baratime Grove. It's um, western Israel. Um, it's technically still southwestern Israel, but it's the northwestern section of the play field. Um, we headed over there, and we had targets of uh, – Trying for long-eared Owl again, and Little Owl, and then there was there was the hope that we'd be able to get McQueen's Bustard while we we're out there too, kind of in that area, and we were successful on the Little Owl. On the way in, it acts just like a burrowing owl, sitting on the top of a dirt mound. We drove up, and there it was right in front of us for like three seconds, and it's like, "Oh, Little Owl!" And then it flew, and so it was super cool. Right in the headlights, just, poof. and then the next corner we made, a Nightjar flew up, and. It's apparently night jars in that area at that time of year are pretty uncommon and rare yeah. and exciting. So we were like, well, it's probably a um, Egyptian night jar. That's the, that's the most likely candidate. But we the, one of the rules is there's no spotlighting for the for the day. So w- it, night jars are going to be really difficult to relocate without spotlighting. Mm-hmm. So it was we got, we got to chalk that up to night jar spa. <laughs> <laughs> but it was super cool to see. Um, so we got in there, we ended up getting long-eared owl at Baritime Grove. Yeah. And then on our way out, um, we stopped at a known location for queen's Bustard and saw one dancing at about two miles away. Nice. It was a dot dancing in the, in the bottom of the scope.
0: So it's basically like our look at a outwater prairie chicken.
1: Oh, it was, it was, uh, not as good as that <laughs> look. The outwater prairie chicken was a better look than. So than, it's a than. terrible look though. It was, it was awful.
0: Okay.
1: But it, but it was out there and it was obvious i mean the, the motion that it was making was obviously the the buster dancing yeah and the dancing in his little circle out there so it's like okay well it's what it is yeah
0: <laughs> so um, we kind of uh, drove around a little bit and got up to yor yorham Your lake um, Which I have no idea where it's at, but it's, it's kind of
1: central north of the play zone,
0: okay, so it's it's a big park, and when we got there, there were already other teams there, and everybody was like crawling all over the park. <laughs> it was just before sunrise, um mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's like this huge i don't know if it's a city park, but it has a really nice lake in the middle of it, and there's like a path around the edge and a couple blinds and um We, you know, that was really fun from the dag. We were seeing some ducks and things. Yeah. And then uh, we had, we walked around the edge, had a little crake and a spotted crake like, right near each nice. other, like, on either sides of the opening of the vegetation.
1: Oh, that's super cool.
0: Um, and then a semi-colored flycatcher was, like, perched in the tree right there. And um, Alan was getting all the kids on it because <laughs> she, you know, she's been an advisor for a lot of teams. And so yeah. she wants the kids to see these birds, oh, yeah. too. So she was pointing them all out to them.
1: Yeah, and that, and that brings up a good point. So this whole competition, it is a competition. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a second place, third place. There, there There's going to be a winner of this competition. Yeah. Both for number of species and all sorts of different ways to win. But it is extremely friendly. It is very it's a very friendly competition. And if you're not being friendly, if you're not sharing your sightings, everyone knows and people are not happy.
0: Yeah. So so you,
1: you it, it's very, very heavily encouraged. Like if you see something, say something. Yeah. post it out there. Say what, what you're seeing, where you're seeing it, and Get other teams there. Like, the whole point is to have fun and get out there and have a great time out on the field.
0: And that's one thing that made me really enjoy this competition. Like, you didn't get to go to the opening, it's not really an opening ceremony, but it was like an opening day sort of thing, a kickoff, where they went over the rules and then they also went down the checklist and we talked about, like, a lot of the key birds. And so Jonathan would say, you know, a bird name and people would say where they found it. And yeah. there were some guys that were being a little cagey about where they were seeing stuff, mm-hmm. and I mean, they got they heard about it. Like everybody <laughs> was like, "Hey, you need to share your sightings." Yeah, so,
1: this this is not there's there's no stakes. You're not really winning. It's not like you're you're winning an Olympic gold medal or anything. No, you did
0: win a trophy. You get a
1: trophy, and it's super cool. <laughs> but it's it, this, this what, what are you gonna do? You're 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 gonna win a trophy from being kind of cagey and not co- cooperative? Yeah, yeah. Come on. So it, it's and everyone there was there was only one team that started off not doing that and I think they caught on and they figured it out. And yeah, they started
0: sharing. So, I think the team leader was like, "Yeah, this is not going to fly."
1: Yeah. So it so and everyone was cooperative. Everyone everyone had a great time out there. Um, so yeah, everyone was sharing constantly. We had this WhatsApp going, and the lists, the sightings were coming in all day long. Was, I don't think my phone stopped making noise the entire day. <laughs> it was just brum every yeah. single time. It was just constantly like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." Okay. If any bird I want to see, I could just go through this list. Um, so we, while well, we met you guys there, yeah. um, we we got there kind of late because we went out, we went way out to the west and then mm-hmm. came back. So we were there a little ways after sunrise. Um, didn't get nearly as many species there as you did, I don't think. Um, but we did get two different cuckoos. We had the common cuckoos calling everywhere, Yeah, which th- for those not living in Europe, um, Africa, kind of that whole area, um, common cuckoos are the cuckoos that cuckoo clocks are from. <laughs> I so literally... there were cuckoo clocks... All over this park.
0: I literally texted Eric and said, like, this park sounds like it's full of cuckoo clocks.
1: Yeah, it's like the cuckoo clocks. Just cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. All over the place. The whole park is just, like, alive with this noise. Like, as soon as we get out of the car, I'm like, where, what is going on? I feel like I'm in, like, a German clock like, shop. Yeah,
0: the Black Forest or <laughs> yeah. something.
1: So it was super cool. We also had great spotted cuckoo, which which was super cool. We had two of them fly fly into a tree for just a moment. And I had no idea what it was. And I was, like, trying to get, I'm, like, yelling at Phyllis. I'm, like, what is that? What is that? I see that bit. (laughs) And then finally both Terry and and Phyllis get on it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's a great spotted cuckoo. Nice spot. And then we move on because it's a big day. Move on. See the birdie move on.
0: Um, so from there, my team, we stopped at a gas station and went to the bathroom. And then we were headed on to the next location. And um, I was, <laughs> it was bright enough that I was like spotting birds on either side of the road. I was like, <laughs> had Pan- my eyes, game. I had my eyes glued to the window Poor <laughs> <laughs> Alan was driving. And she had to keep like turning around and like looking for birds. But I got a morning weedier that way. Oh, man. And um, so our really good stop. I saw a shrike and so we stopped and there was a, there was a bus station or a bus stop Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, so we stopped next to that, got out, looked at the shrike and then we were just kind of like looking around a little bit further and there was a cream colored courser. Uh. I mean, it was like a mile away, this bird, (laughs) but you could see it like hopping around and like running around. So that was amazing. That was not a bird that I expected to see. And on the other side of the highway, there was corn bunting. So got that one too. I think that was our only one. Hmm. So that, yeah, that was a really good stop. And I did post that on on the WhatsApp and Eric yeah. <laughs> messaging me like, where is it? How do I find it? And it's like, I don't know, man. It's in the middle of nowhere <laughs> next to a bus stop.
1: Yeah. So I, at that time, um, my team was over at a vulture feeding station, which was just out of um, Stabaker. Um, it's like this, there's like this airfield and then like up on the hill, they like throw out cows, I guess. I'm I'm not, I'm not sure what they put out there, but they put out stuff to attract vultures and there were, there were tons of vultures. There was the Eurasian griffins, there were tons of buzzards, Egyptian vultures, lots of cool stuff. Um, the Eurasian griffins, amazing in size. They, they make all the other vultures look like crows. (laughs) It, It was Super cool, but we, we I saw those thing came in, so I texted him. And I was like, "Hey, what's?" And so then I think you ended up posting a GPS for the um for the stop for the bus stop that you were yeah. at, and then you guys headed off to do your own thing. Um, so I told my team, I was like, "Hey, let's see if we can get those. <laughs> I mean, they're on the way to where you we're going. The I wanted the Courser. yeah. So um, we we headed there, and we had no idea. I didn't know that they stayed right on the road and they just like looked around. So there was a, there was like a, oh, you
0: guys took that road.
1: We went the road in. Oh, I'm which, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. But, um, the GPS coordinate was right at the entrance to a road yeah. that went in and there was a military training exercise going on and Phyllis was like, oh, well, let's just take this road in. And I was like, I don't know. Phyllis is driving. Sure. <laughs> she, she's from the area. She's, you, act- you she's really actually, she's actually from really close to, to there. So I was like, okay, well, we're not that far from her house. So she probably knows where she's allowed to drive. Apparently we're not allowed to drive there. Um, <laughs> we drove, we drove in, we went in a, a, probably maybe three quarters of a mile or so in, into the just into the desert, following this road, <laughs> and then we kind of started to turn around. And we were looking, couldn't find no birds. It was yeah. all it was all quiet. Started to turn, and then a guy comes up and he's waving his arms and yelling. And apparently we were driving right through the middle of a exercise Jeez. with tanks and other stuff. So he was like, "You need to get the heck out of here." And we were like, "Oh."
0: You're like, what about you, man? Uh, You're out uh, here
1: too. Yeah, there, there was literally no signs. There was no sign saying don't go in. But maybe there. he didn't want us. Maybe they're getting ready to start for the maybe. day. But, um, but yeah, he told us to get the heck out of there. So we apologized, and he's like, "Yeah, just take take the road you came, and got in." So we we drove out, and no courser, no bunting.
0: Sorry. <laughs> so the next spot that we met you guys at <laughs> was the Ben Gurion Memorial Monument. Park? <laughs> Uh, and Ben-Gurion was the first prime minister of Israel. And that location is just, it's incredible. Like, even if you're not a birder, I mean, the the park is gorgeous. There were a lot of, like, school groups there that were, like, I don't know, screwing around in, like, the grass fields, like, doing yoga or something. I, I think
1: it's, like, a really good place for field trips.
0: Yeah, definitely. But you get up to the Overlook and, I mean, it's, like, more impressive it was more impressive i haven't seen the grand canyon but it's (laughs) i felt like it was more impressive than i would feel at the grand canyon (laughs) it was terrible it
1: was a grand canyon it was it was huge
0: it's gorgeous and just like griffins and vultures and buzzards and things just flying in front of you so that was absolutely stunning yeah, and we stayed far too long just to, to look at it all. <laughs> uh, but then we went into the park. I think I think you we guys didn't dro- go down. Okay, so we drove down into it, and there's kind of like some switchbacks that take you down to the like the valley mm-hmm. in between the rocks. And we drove the switchbacks, and we thought we saw some good birds, like desert larks and things like that. Yeah. Um. But there are cars behind us, so we couldn't like <laughs> stop and look on these switchbacks. But we got down to the the base of it and like drove all the way to the end of the road mm-hmm. where there's these hiking trails that. I I would so go on if it wasn't, you know, if like hundred degrees and a big day. Um uh, but down there we got like black start and you know, a yeah. lot of lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. and on the way up. I mean we stopped on the side of the road for a long time. Um, uh, you know, in the clear. So we were in a blind spot to yeah. look for, for larks. Um and I think that's where we ended up getting our desert lark. But yeah. just absolutely gorgeous location. I just
1: Yeah, it was I huge. Was, it's it's just so expansive the way it the way the way it's positioned on the edge of like this point that sticks out and just like out in the open. It was it was spectacular.
0: Oh scrub r- warbler, that was what we got there. That was a scrub really warbler. Good. Yeah. Um but it was also kind of sad because it was like a spot that I would totally want to go with you and mm-hmm. just enjoy together. And
1: <laughs> we couldn't do that. No. So <laughs> I saw you there. Maybe someday. <laughs> um but so we didn't see too many too many bird species there um we didn't go down the hill we just hung out in the park the vegetated park at the top um we had arabian warbler um and a a handful of just like the regular like the things that we had already seen so a lot of just regular general foresty scrub species yeah um a semi-colored flycatcher, stuff like that um but we our next stop we so we headed out we we had our lunch kind of there we ate um some olive dip that phyllis had made it was spectacular it was awesome (laughs) And some oranges and stuff like that. But so we headed from, from there, we headed to a, um, vineyard that was behind a prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to call the prison, let them know that, Hey, we're going to be in the area. Um, don't think there were escapees. <laughs> um, so we, 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 drive through, um, behind into this vineyard. Um, Phyllis knew the owner. So we, we stopped and chit chatted with the owner for a little bit, um, but um, we had a morning weedier. That w- the whole objective was to go there and get a morning weedier. Yeah. We drove the whole thing, and then as we were leaving, is when <laughs> weedyer. And so we were like, oh, "We're just not going to get one, I guess." <laughs> and then as we were pulling out of there, just poof, right there, it hopped from a rock right up onto the line, and then dropped back down into the into the rocks again. So it was it was a really good look for like um, maybe maybe thirty seconds a minute.
0: <laughs> so after we left um, Ben Gurion, we ended up going to Mitspe Ramon, which is like on the top of this crater and it has this hotel that overlooks like the crater and it's Mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous and everything. So we drove through this desert sculpture park, which had these giant sculptures in them that were like uh, the thing in England, the stonehenge. Yeah. It was like that big. Like they're huge. Um,
1: I saw the pictures you showed me of like from like Google and stuff like that. They looked huge.
0: Yeah. And so we, we drove through that and then over to sewage ponds because you know, that as you do, and drove to the backside of the sewage ponds and, like, didn't get anything. Oh, no. <laughs> so we we headed out of there um, and then got off on our way to, uh, to go down into the crater and through that whole area that was supposed to be closed uh, for military exercises. Yeah. So we kind of just... Cloud on through there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which was really interesting because you see like a lot of tanks driving up, you know, hills and stuff like that. And like all of these, these youth that are in the military that are, have to do all this training. And because mm-hmm. Israel is so small, you know, a lot of the training ends up being in places that the public yeah. accesses. Yeah. That
1: the rest of the public can see. And, and everyone, everyone that lives in Israel has been in the military pretty much. If, if you grew for up in Israel, part. for the most part, you, you've, you've been through the military. So seeing People training is not like anything that's shocking. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the way it is here in the states, where um, military bases are kind of secluded and secret, and you don't see people training, and not everyone's in the military, so you don't you don't really know what that's about. So it's kind of it was interesting to see this difference in culture of mm-hmm. the military. They're just out there doing their thing, yep. and they just I do never it see a
0: tank. Here. Yeah,
1: we never see tanks. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a tank in uh, in Cannon Beach.
0: So, our next stop was more sewage ponds at yes. Nyot Samar. Nyot Samar sewage ponds. Yeah. And um, we just stopped in real quick because there was a rhineck there the day before mm-hmm. when we had scouted it. So, we got the rhineck and then we headed off to our next stop.
1: Yeah. So, we, we stopped there also. Um, it's because it's on, it's on the way to the main, main portion of the valley that um, you
0: want to be in the afternoon.
1: And the, you want to be in the afternoon. You wanted to make it through past, past all the military, all that stuff. Um, we stopped there, we had some pippets, um, we had three species of pippets, um, nice. right there in the, um, in the fields before it, and then kind of all the same usual suspects in the sewage pond, so mm-hmm. not, nothing really spectacular, definitely worth a stop, um, if you're just birding for a day, but no- nothing for the big day. Um, the next, the next stop, so we hit that, we were just there for a short time also, um, we made it back to, um, Yotavata again. Um, Like we had been a couple days before, Um, we went to the sewage ponds, got the same suspects again. We had um, Egyptian goose, little grebe. Um, We ended up getting uh, turtle doves, finally. This was 3.30 in the afternoon. The conservation species of the year, (laughs) European turtle dove. And we didn't have until 3.30 in the afternoon.
0: We had them in the morning at Yerham Lake.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which, you know, not everybody expected to see it. So I'm glad that we ended up seeing them.
1: Yeah. Which, which kind of goes to show, like, it's a conservation species. Like, sure, this is all about it. But we weren't all, like, really expecting to see it because it's in such decline. Because but,
0: you know, my that's team, the whole
1: reason for the fundraising.
0: My my team name would have been totally apt for this. Which I always want to name a team looking for doves in all the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wouldn't think to see him in a sewage
1: pond. That's, yeah, that's true.
0: Um, we stopped there too and got about the same things you guys did. Mm-hmm. I think we were maybe half an hour behind you all. Um, and we stopped at uh, Kibbutz Samar right after you guys did. And you guys drove <laughs> all the way through We it. drove
1: all around and we wanted a whole orchard that we had gone the, the day before, two days before. And uh, nothing, 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 nothing.
0: Well, we pulled up. We got the, the message from someone saying, hey, it's right here. We pulled right up to them and saw the black scrub robin, like right <laughs> underneath somebody's chair. It was like uh, hopping yeah, yeah. around in, by the front door. Nothing so for us. That was that was a good stop. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, and then we headed off to K20. Yeah, the, so
1: our next stop was K20 also from there.
0: And those are the flamingo ponds that we talked about before.
1: Yeah, K20 is um, KM20 um, Flamingo Ponds, KM20 Plantation, KM20, there's there's a couple other eBird hotspots right in there. Um, the hotspot lines up perfectly with the birding habitat that's in the area. So if you're looking it up on eBird, the KM20 plantation, the KM20, I think it says like Access Road, and then KM20 Flamingo Ponds, they're all like super close together. But, Slightly different habitats for each of them, but, but really good.
0: And the coolest thing is right when you get off the highway, I think we had talked about it in the last episode, right there, there's um, like kind of a vegetated area before you get into like the plantation mm-hmm. and there were lichen signed sand grouse that were hanging out there. So we got it from the car, like right as we were driving in.
1: Yeah. So my team, I, I knew we had seen it the other day, the day before or a couple days before. So I was like, Hey, let's, um, let's stop here and look here. We didn't see anything. Yeah. They, they blend in super well. Their, their coloration is pretty much the same as the ground. Their yellow eye ring is really all that sticks out. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of look for that. Um, we didn't see anything to start with, so we went. We just headed into the pond because there had been some other things, uh, greater sand plover, um, kentish plover, lots of shorebirds at the ponds themselves. So we were like, we need to hurry up and get in there.
0: I think we forgot to talk about the... Colored plover at or i'm sorry colored pratton call at yopata but that was one of the other key species for well, going to that? those sewage ponds was uh, the colored praten oh ponds.
1: yeah i completely forgot we we had the color we had we had one fl- yeah. flying around over we there i, for, I forgot and about and that
0: pratt. was another one that we were seeing it and then there was a kids group that was there with us mm-hmm. and we were all trying to get the kids on seeing the birds <laughs> because they were you know just kind of flying over yeah so yeah sorry back to k20 so um That is just, it's such a good site because it's so big and Mm -hmm. there's like lots of sandpipers and shorebirds around. Um, We also, so we had the sand grouse and flamingos, a handful of different plover species. I was excited to finally get the Temanix stint because that was a species that... You know, we thought there was a rarity here in Oregon, and yeah. uh, it ended up not being. So it was like, finally, I can check that off, and I don't have to worry about it if it pops up. <laughs> and then we got into a long, drawn-out conversation about, our team did, about some gold build turns. We weren't entirely sure that some birds that were, like, a mile away in the middle of the ponds were those, even yeah. though they had been seen previously by other teams. Um, so we got stuck in talking about that, and then a greater sand plover. It was kind of getting towards the end of the day.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this, this is, we're, we're talking five, or four, four, five o'clock, six o'clock maybe. So we're all hungry. We're all tired. Yeah. We're all cranky. So it's, it's, it's getting to that time of the day. So um, my team, we, we birded as much as we could there at uh, the um, the Pollens. Then we headed out because Hannah's team had, did say, hey, we have the sand grouse. They posted it. So we, we stopped and then we ended up seeing it. Which was great because... Um, there were
0: other teams Terry... that were messaging me and saying, yeah. like, how do I find it? It's like, I don't know how to tell you better. It's, it's in the trees. It's in
1: the trees. You have to stop. It's not a very large patch. Just look in the patch somewhere. Um, You're but, from
0: here. I don't know. <laughs>
1: um, the uh, Phyllis had seen them before. Terry, I think it was a lifer for Terry. Nice. He was super excited about it. I mean, it, cool. it was a lifer two days before for me, so I was still excited to see it again. Um, but we, we swung from there down a little bit South to KM 19. Um, this, the, the naming of these is kilometers based on where the highway started. So it's like my yeah. own marker. Uh, so KM 19, there's another sewage pond there. We didn't really have anything at all. So then we, we immediately just headed straight all the way down to North beach. Cause we were like, let's see if we can find some goals. See if we can find some stuff on the beach, which we had very few birds on the beach itself. We wanted to get the gannet. We didn't get the gannet. Um, I think we just didn't know which, which buoy to look on. Yeah. Um, but we had monk parakeets fly over or a monk parakeet flying over with a couple, um, rose ringed parakeets. So both, both are invasive species or non-native species to the area, but they're both wild flying birds. So they count. Yeah. So super cool. Um, then we headed back up towards the IRBCE, IBRCE, um, and we stopped at a salt flat or salt pan, and had a black-tailed godwit, which nice. was super cool. Mm-hmm. It's the, um, there's two godwits. There there had been a, um, marbled, I think. Okay. The somebody had saw, um, north, and, like, literally, we're standing there at the ponds looking at a godwit, and they're messaging about one flying north, and it's like, so there's two godwits, right? So, like, I was like, we need to hurry up and get over to I- IBRC <laughs> so we can get both of them. Like, we, we have we have this expected species here, and let's go get that other one, mm-hmm. so... We we ended up only getting the one. <laughs> oh wow. But but we headed we headed up to the I, IVRCE and we saw you guys there. Yeah. It, this is like right at the end of the day. Everyone's tired. Everyone's ready for dinner. Ready for a nap.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, we we kind of raced through there. Got herons, um, you know, more flamingos and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, yeah kind of went and had dinner and um, went through the checklist. Yeah. And then had to go turn it in. Jonathan kind of looked through it, quizzed us a little bit about stuff, and then like fell straight asleep.
1: Yeah, it was definitely time for sleep. Yeah, we 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 turned our list in, and that was pretty much it. I, th- I we I think after dinner we swung by to try to find goals one last time. Yeah, no luck, and I was like, it's 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 time for bed. <laughs> let's let's go let's go turn in the list and just go to bed.
0: So the next the last day there um, was the award ceremony at mm-hmm. the IBRCE. They put out an incredible spread, uh, like brunch. Yeah, For us all, so that was fun. Uh, really good food, fun celebrating with friends. It was really nice. It was a nice way to end the, the tournament.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we didn't win for number of species? No. Nope. You didn't win either, right? No. Nope. Okay. Um, there was a
0: group of uh, like 20-something-year-old uh, four israeli guys yeah, that ended up winning. Oh
1: yeah, Very, everyone kind of knew they were going to win. What they have 178 species? 176. 176 species for the day. Um I didn't have nearly as many <laughs> on my list.
0: I think my team came in 11th at 136. I think you guys came in like 18th with 118 <sighs> uh, yeah, species.
1: We, we, we were we were always down there, which Something is fine. To that effect. We weren't expecting to win. I mean, we No Regrets is our team name. Um we we You, have, don't,
0: you don't live your life with regrets.
1: We we had no regrets. <laughs> um, no, no regrets at all. Um, I, I thought we did great for, yeah. for three people that had never met and never birded together, never birded together. And like, none of us really had spent a lot of time birding in a lot yeah. or in this in Southern Israel that, um, Phyllis and Terry mostly bird up North near Jerusalem and kind of central, central Israel and kind of North that way. So I I thought we did, I thought we did great.
0: Yeah. But so,
1: but your team did actually do really good.
0: So my team did win yes. the Guardians of the Flyway um, section of the competition, which was for fundraising the most. Yeah. So uh, And thank you all to who contributed to the team. I really appreciated it. Um, we ended up raising $11,375 Man. for uh, European turtle dove conservation, which is uh, granted to several different entities that are BirdLife International Partners. So Malta and then there's another Cyprus. Cyprus, they yeah. They both received some of the grant funding, but there were forty thousand dollars raised in this competition, and my team raised a quarter of it. <laughs> so thank you all for that. I really appreciate it, and that, you know feels really good that we were able to contribute. Maybe we didn't win the the birding aspect of it, but you know we were able to contribute in that way.
1: Yeah, and I, I had a I had a great day. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, and so later that day, we said goodbye to Amy and headed north with Alan and Lydia towards Jerusalem. We had a flight that was leaving um, that day, or the next morning, but on the way, we had to make a couple of birding stops. Of uh, course. I
1: mean, if you're going to be in Israel and you're, you're driving somewhere, you should probably stop and bird a couple times.
0: <laughs> and Alan is a great tour guide. Um, so she took us to the Ashlem Reservoir, which is on the southern edge of the Dead Sea, and there we got... Are um, Ferruginous Duck Lifers? Yes. And then I somehow spotted a Purple Swamp Hen. It was like African Swamp Hen. Sorry, African Swamp Hen. It was like two miles away in the backside of this pond.
1: And the so I'll I'll include the this checklist in part of the list. But Lydia Lydia got a picture of it, and I took a picture of it. And I (laughs) I, I, like this bird was at least two miles. Like it was so far away. Her picture is like. It's obviously the African Swamp Hand. Like it's, yeah. it's it's a good photo, especially from two miles away.
0: Yeah, and she uses a bridge camera. Yeah.
1: Which my photo, my picture, I have like three pixels.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she like, gets amazing pictures I of it. I know, that. seriously. It uh, makes me doubt
1: everything in my life. Why why, why did I get a DSLR? I should have I gone with that.
0: Uh, so then we kind of skirted along the, the eastern edge of the Dead Sea to get back to Jerusalem. And we stopped at Mount Saddam. For Pallad Swifts, and that also happens to be uh, the sp- the spot of the biblical story in which Lot's wife, if you're familiar with Genesis at all, um, I, I had to Google this, so I'm not super familiar with the story. You
1: you, you generally knew the story; you just had to Google the details.
0: Yeah, so so it's it's the spot. It's a biblical story in Genesis of where Lot's wife became a pillar of salt after she looked back at Sodom, in like I said, in the Book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool to check out and, you know, see like a part of the Bible. My mom was very proud. Uh, but also we saw just thousands of pallid swifts so that were nesting in the, in the cliff.
1: Yeah. And I, I got some recordings. I'm hoping I, we're, we're like a month out and I still haven't gone back and listened to them. I'm going <laughs> I think I might use it for the outro. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But it was so many swifts, just like so loud. And it was, it was super cool.
0: Yeah, and it was a really interesting drive too. I mean, it was like a four hour drive back yeah. to Jerusalem, and just really fascinating landscapes and a lot of um, driving past the Dead Sea. And yeah, yeah.
1: And then it got dark, and then there wasn't much to see once it was no. Dark.
0: <laughs> but we we did drive through Jerusalem at night, and it looks like it would be gorgeous if we were able to have some time to walk through there in the daytime. So yeah, we'll have to, be able to, go, to go back to, and go, check go it to out.
1: the walled city and stuff like that. See yeah. see the the cultural aspects of Israel. Yeah, since we saw the natural aspects of Southern Israel. (laughs)
0: Um, So at that point we enjoyed dinner with Alan's family and then headed back to the airport to leave Israel.
1: Yeah. So we wanted to give a big, huge shout out and thank you to, um, to Alan and Jonathan and Yoav for helping us figure out our trip, helping us, Enjoy this and and putting on this huge event that is just spectacular.
0: Well, and especially Alan for you know putting our team together and for helping Eric. Oh, find and a helping team. me find
1: a team. <laughs> I know, I, I, I would, I would still be of my thumbs trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to do, if, <laughs> yep. if not for Alan.
0: And for for taking care of us throughout the, the week that we were there. Yeah. I mean, Alan is just an incredible force in the birding community in Israel and around the world. And just a huge advocate for women birders. And I, am, I feel so blessed to be friends with her. And um, it was so fun to hang out with her and Amy and Lydia throughout the week. And uh, yeah, it was it an was incredible experience being yeah. there
1: so thank you guys all for listening to our podcast we hope you enjoyed it and or learned something new please 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 rate review and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher google music or anywhere else that you listen to us if you would like to connect with us on the socials you can follow us at hannah goes birding or eric goes birding on instagram you can follow our facebook page hannah and eric go birding email us at hannah and eric go birding at hannah and eric go at gmail.com you can also follow our tiktok um Um, Hannah and Eric go birding or our twitter at we go birding or just check out our website www.gobirdingpodcast.com tell us what you liked tell us what you hated and share us with your friends